I'm Shelby, and I'm from Reynoldsburg, Ohio. So what was broken on my car was really unique, and they did a wonderful job at tracking it down and had it there the next day and fixed. 3C dealt with my insurance, so I just got to sit back, and they took care of everything. I had my car back within a week, then somebody else hit it, and now I find myself back at 3C Body Shop. I would recommend 3C to family, friends, and anybody who's been an ex. 3C Body Shop. Hey guys, have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions like how do I record an episode? How do I get my show into the apps all the people like to listen to? And how do I make money from my podcast? Well, the answer to every one of these questions is really simple. It's called Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. And best of all, it's 100% free and extremely easy to use. And now... Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. I've been using Anchor now for, oh, almost a year, and I really enjoy it. It's a lot easier than any of the other podcast apps I've ever tried. And again, it's free, guys. It really is free. It doesn't cost anything. Uh, So if you want to get started on a podcast and making money doing it, then go to anchor.fm slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start. Anchor, the best way to podcast. (laughs) This is the Ranger Report Podcast. News, insights, predictions, interviews and information about the Texas Rangers from the major leagues to the minor leagues. And now, here's your host, Ben Dieter. Hey everybody, welcome to the Ranger Report podcast for uh, the last week of January. It has been a lot of fun getting it started again this year, and of course what's made it a lot of fun, I'm Ben Dieter by the way, is my co-host CJ Berry. CJ, how's it going? Uh, it's going good, man. Uh, just getting uh, another week down, getting closer and closer to spring training, hopefully. I know. It's just right around the corner now, which is pretty awesome. And, and then maybe by spring training, I'll learn the English language, which which would be great. So, <laughs> yeah, it definitely would work out better if I could speak English. So, no. Um, but, yeah, we appreciate y'all listening. Uh, listenership is up. Thank you very much. Of course, you can always find us on Twitter at The Ranger Report. Uh, and then our personal ones, I'm at BDeter75. I am at CJB underscore RR. But we both have access to the Ranger Report uh, Twitter, so if you send us a message, either one of us could answer you. So uh, then, of course, we have a shop on therangerreport.com you can go check out, and uh, it is a uh, it has got a lot of good stuff there, and we try to add every couple of weeks, so go check that out. But tonight, let's get started. Oh, big announcement, by the way. On next week's show, we will have the president and general manager of the Frisco Rough Riders, Victor Rojas, on. I'm certainly stoked about that, listening to him uh, back in the back in his first uh, first few days or first few years uh, with the Rangers, side-by-side uh, side with Eric Nadell, asking a few questions about him and the and what it's like, uh, what it was like with the Angels, and what it, what kind of the details of a general manager for a minor league organization are. 
Yeah, I'm very curious about that, and I'm very excited to be able to ask him about that. I mean, the fact that, you know, he agreed. These guys are a lot nicer than everybody realizes when it comes down to this, because we're just a small-time podcast, not associated with any network or anything. And, you know, Victor said he would be more than happy, and he is going to be on with us next week. So CJ and I are both excited about that, and uh, hopefully you guys will be as well. Absolutely. I'm I'm, I'm real stoked about it, and I was really surprised at how, how fast, how prompt he was to respond. Yeah, I was too. And like I said, awesome guy uh, from what I've heard. And I guess we'll get to find out next week when we interview him. Us and everybody else. All right. Well, we uh, got through the intro there. That was great. Let's move on. Uh, one thing I wanted to talk about, and CJ has an article up on the rangerreport.com right now, really good. So we're going to dig into a few of the questions he asked in that article. First one I wanted to ask, how long, in your opinion, is it going to be until the Rangers are relevant again? Now, oh, man, that's a that's the million dollar question going into yeah. the season and moving forward for sure. And uh, you know, I you hope two to three years. That's that's kind of the uh, kind of the hope. But it, when you look at it realistically, with just how much of a rebuild this is, I mean, it's it's pretty much a tear down and rebuild type deal. Um, that with a few a few veterans sprinkled in and some that are trying to uh, resurrect or kick back up their careers. So. Uh, I want to say, Ben, and I don't, I don't want to put a damper on anything, but realistically, man, it, if we're competing again, if the Rangers are competing again in four years, I'd, I'd be happy with that. That's really funny because the number I had in my mind was 2025, which is what you just said, four years. Um, you know, here's my problem is number one and number two in the rotation are both one more year on their contract and then they're gone. And you've got the Japanese picture, who I think is going to be good, and he's—they signed him to, I believe, three years, right? Yeah, two. I believe it's two. Two. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So him, and then you know everyone else is young and unproven. So yeah, unless you know, uh, unless Gibson and Lyles just have an amazing season and re-sign for a long-term deal, the Rangers' rotation is going to be in turmoil for at least the next three years. You know, rotating in and out guys, trying to figure out who hits and who misses, and I mean. It's not like this is a terrible, you know, way to do it. You look back in 2008, 2009, 2010, they had a bunch of nobodies in their rotation and wound up going to back-to-back World Series. So it's not a terrible thing to have to bounce around starters and figure out who's going to hit and who isn't. But they need at least one good veteran presence between now and 2025, in my opinion, to really get that thing jump-started. You're you're dead on there. And you mentioned, you know, uh, Lyles and Gibson realistically those are middle to back end rotational pieces on contending teams uh so you're going into this year we've talked about it before they 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 need to just eat some innings and as does uh their new japanese pitcher uh right there in the middle of the third spot uh just eat eat some innings and and allow the bullpen to you know not have to work overwork itself with all the young guys coming out of that that area um and in the back end of the rotation, hopefully have a couple of young guys kind of make an aim for themselves moving forward. Somebody you can pencil in for next year. You know, you're kind of looking for what to what to put in next year to see more of, or what you can what you can go out and, and maybe get or uh, fill in with some some uh, lower level guys and see what they can what they can do moving forward. You kind of just this year is really a year of wanting to find answers to the litany of questions that the Rangers have. Yeah, I agree. And then you look at someone like Jose Leclerc, is he going to be the closer of the future? I think this is a great year to find that out. You look at, uh, you know, and then you turn around and look at the, the offense and defense, the Rangers were, 
dreadful on offense last year. A lot of mistakes on defense. You know, they went out and got low, uh, you know, to compete with Guzman at first base. And I guess we'll start there. Um, you know, he's he came in to be the first baseman and to supplant Ronald Guzman. Ronald Guzman has had a pretty good, uh, you know, pretty good uh, winter playing overseas. Do you think Guzman has a chance or do you think they're already set on low unless he just falls apart in spring training? Well, the expectation for sure, for sure, and, and why they went and got low is is for his offensive prowess at the plate, and uh, and he's it's, the expectation is that he's going to take over that spot. But Guzman's not going to give that up lightly. Guzman's defensive skills at first base are far superior to yeah. that of uh, of uh, of Low, uh, and it's it's not really even that close. Uh, but Guzman's plate uh, presence is not not near. What Lowe's projects to be, uh, Lowe hasn't, he's only, you know, played a couple of seasons, uh, you know, partially, and he's got a two, 251 batting average to start, uh, start off his career. So, uh, he's gotten his feet wet, so he's, he's seen major league pitching and he's barely ready to, uh, to try to step in and, and, and try to win that spot. He's 25 years old, so he's not, he's not like he's a super young guy, and Guzman's, uh, 26. So, it's yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see. They're both left-handed, so if they're if you were looking for a platoon type situation, that's not going to be the case. Are both bat left-handed anyway? So yeah, I, I do expect Lowe to win that job, but I wouldn't expect Guzman to go quietly, and I expect him to be in the lineup uh, quite a bit throughout the year, uh, and maybe Lowe getting some time at uh, maybe DH, uh, giving Calhoun the time off. Uh, I don't know exactly how they would work that. With those two players, or do you send Guzman back down to AAA to get more at bats at AAA? You know, have him play full time rather than part time. So that's going to be an interesting scenario right there. Yeah, I agree. I think it definitely will be, and I agree with you. I think the the idea is to have low play first every day with Guzman being his backup. But like you said, it might be better send him down, give him a little bit of uh, a little bit of time to work out every single day, and maybe use him as a trade tool if they need to one day. Um, but you know. I, like you said, his defense has been phenomenal at first. No one has com- been complaining at all about his defense. It's just been that he has not just not played well at the plate at all. He looks lost most days he's up there. Yeah, he's a huge guy that Guzman is. Uh, they call him the Condor for a reason. He's six six, I believe. Um, left-handed, can stretch. He does that, uh, that ballerina, the splits, and all that good stuff. He's very good over there. Big, big, big body. Uh, makes it really easy for the your fielders to uh, to deliver the ball to and and not have to worry about making just a perfect throw. But Nate Lowe's just fine at first base defensively as well. He's no slouch just uh, compared to Guzman defensively. Uh, yeah, it's just Guzman's kind of on a different plane there. But uh, then you you talk about at the plate, uh, Lowe definitely has the edge in that category, and that that's not even close as well at this point. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. Now, speaking of guys throwing the ball to first. Uh, one thing Rangers fans have been confused about, myself included, over the last few years is the just the willingness to stick with Rugnet Odor no matter how he's playing in the field and at the plate. I mean, he has been nothing short of embarrassing at the plate the last few years. I mean, with a couple of stretches where he hits a whole lot of home runs, but other than that, he's just been embarrassing at the plate. And then his defense in 2020, which I know that was a short year, we can't take everything into it, but his defense in 2020 was not good at all. And you've got Nick Solak there who they think can play second. Why? I mean, do you think – I think Rugnett is probably going to get the starting job just because that's what I've seen over the last few years, and I just can't understand why they're so set on him being the second baseman. 
Well, that's the situation purely based on the contract that they gave him. Uh, and that's in 2017, signing him to that uh, six-year, $49 million extension. So it's just kind of one of those deals where when you sign a guy to a contract like that, you obviously don't want to be wrong, and he's going to get every last opportunity over the next guy to get to to, to, to make things happen and, and prove that you were right. Um, and that's the case here. And, I, you know, I do agree that, um, it, you know, last year for sure should have been a, a time for Solak to get uh, more regular playing time, but that we didn't see much of that. And, you know, over the years, Rugi, he's just been a, a very, very streaky guy. He's a guy that can change the game um, at the plate whenever he's he's focused, and that's kind of been my, my worry with him throughout his, his career really is, you know, mentally he seems to lose focus a lot, and that's, not just at the plate, but at second base. I mean, he has the tools to be a very good second baseman. Yeah. He just has mental lapses. And, and then uh, at the plate, uh, what I want the Rangers to just sit back and think is, what is he? And and ask themselves that really hard and just let him be him this year. I mean, this is a prove-it year for him. And just let him do let him be comfortable at the plate. They've done a whole lot of tinkering over the past few years with his – is uh, batting stance, open stance, you know, need to close a little bit more, raise the leg lower. You're raising the leg uh, less uh, lower than you usually would. You know, he usually has that high leg kick, and they try to get him to lower it. And you just let him be him and trying to change his play discipline. He's an aggressive hitter. He likes to, he likes to go after, you know, first pitch yeah. swinging. Let him, let him be him. Let him be comfortable and just stop tinkering with him so much and see what you have. And what I think you have is an aggressive ball player who can change the game if he's mentally focused, and that's the biggest concern. So this is definitely a, a make-or-break make break year for him, and I don't think it'll take that long into the season. I give it six weeks max if he's still showing what he has shown over the past three seasons, which saw him hit 209 combined. Uh, combined, 209 over three years is one of the low, it's, it's You're not playing Major League Baseball this year you know, without the contract that he has. So they're going to give him one more shot. So I just I just hope they, 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 they leave him alone, let him be him, and, and just, just see just see what happens. Yeah, I agree. And, it, and for full disclosure for me, it's not like I dislike Ruggie. I, I like him a lot. I want to see him be successful. I just, my complaint is, and I agree with you, it's the contract. That's exactly right. But my complaint is, at some point, it doesn't matter what the contract is if he's actually dragging your team down. And batting 209 over three seasons is not, you know, you're right there at that Mendoza line, which is, you know, is called the Mendoza line because of how bad he was. And Ruggie's kind of dragging that line. But I agree with you, and I've noticed all the different leg kicks and things he's tried. I think this year you say, Ruggie, go out there and be you. Play and do your best, and we'll see what that is. And if you can't do your best, then, you know, or if your best is not good enough, then you know what's going to happen. And I think they... I don't think you can trade him at that point because I don't think he's worth much of anything, but I don't know what they could do with him at that point. But, you know, then that's when you'd bring Solak in. Solak, though, can play so many positions. You know, I don't know that it's not bad not to have him in as an everyday starter because he probably will be an everyday starter at some position. Yeah, that's what they're hoping that they want Ruby to go out there in spring training and, and really light it up and prove, okay, you're the number, you're, you're our second baseman going into the season. That way you can have Solak and use his versatility off the bench to play so many different different positions and he's gonna get he's pretty much gonna be a regular playing so many different positions and giving guys days off throughout the year. So it's gonna feel like he's a regular. He's just gonna be able to play all over the field. That's what you want 
in a perfect world if you're the Rangers going into this year. And let's be realistic. If this was a, a, t- a contending team, the Rangers going into this year and not completely rebuilding, I'm not going to guarantee, but very, very certain that Rugnet Door would not be a part of it. Yeah, I would agree with that completely. All right, you look around the rest of the diamond. Of course, you've got uh, at third, or I'm sorry, shortstop, you've got IKF, Isaiah, kind of Falefa, who's going to be there, I think, pretty much no matter what this year because they want to see what he's made of at shortstop. And then at third base, I think, you're going to see Elvis Andrews start unless something happens and then Josh Jung at some point of the season. But let's start with Kiner Falefa. Do you agree? I think he gets I think he gets a full season there unless it's just dreadful. Yeah, it's just one of those years where you, you roll with it. You put him there. You made the decision right after the season ended last year pretty much to uh, to give that job to him and tell Elvis, hey, sorry, bud, uh, start working out of third base because we're putting him there. You, this is just a year you let him roll with it. Unless, like you said, it's just absolutely terrible. He's He's good at the plate. He's actually still growing at the plate. Um, yeah. And talking about a guy that can play all over the field, you know, this guy's played catcher. Uh, you know, he catcher second. You know, he can he can he can play a lot of different positions too. But there, he's become one of those those young players over the past few years that's just continued to develop and get better. And they're trying to find a spot for him. Unfortunately, that's it's shortstop for Elvis Andrews, and we're kind of seeing a changing of the guard there. But um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm not. To be honest, not too worried about IKF at uh, at shortstop. I'm more interested, really, to see how Elvis handles third, and if yeah. that's going to be a realistic, maybe next couple of years moving forward with him, uh, while he finishes out his contract with the Rangers. Yeah, that ought to be really interesting to see. And I think you know you saw Michael Young do it and do well at third, and I think Elvis can do it. But is he going to want to? And is he going to be? You know, I don't think he'll be disgruntled. I think he's a team player. I think he'll do whatever they want him to do. But I think you know it's tough. It's tough to swallow. You know, your pride when you're told you are no longer the guy we want at this position when you've held it down for as long as he has. But I mean, he also knows it's a business. And they're making a business decision for their future because Elvis, as much as we all love him, he's not going to play forever. At some point, he's going to have to retire. And his skills have definitely diminished over the last few years. Yeah, he's, he's he almost became a, a liability at short over the past two years. And the injuries it, it kind of piled up and it slowed his range a little bit. And that was what made him so special was his ability to get to anything and throw the ball from anywhere. Uh, you see, you remember seeing a lot of those jump throws from deep in the hole and third and short, and, and nailing guys that you just don't, you just, you, you just can't do that anymore physically. So, um, but he's still got a very good glove. Um, he actually started hitting for power a few years ago. He hit over 20 yep. home runs, which I never thought I'd see him hit over 10. But, no, no. Uh, and you know, if he can just, he keeps getting bulkier um, throughout the years, and maybe that's kind of hurting at shortstop. You know, when it kind of hampering that range a little bit, but um, maybe maybe adding 20-plus home runs at third base, and now I'm shooting high here, also hoping for health. I'm saying in a perfect world, you know, Elvis would be able to provide that at third while hitting, you know, his customary 280-290. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be awesome this year to see and uh, give Josh Young. I'd, I'd like to see Josh Young get one more year, one more full year um, in the minors just because – Elvis is playing so well. I, I I just I would like to see him get one more year uh, under his belt and, and before he comes up and gets his feet wet at the major league level. Yeah, I would agree with you there totally. Um, all right, so outfield we know we've got Joey Gallo in right. We've got uh, Leody Tavares in center, and then of course David Dahl they brought in to play uh, left field. So Gallo, if he stays healthy, I mean. 
he should be a, you know, well, hopefully not 200 strikeout, but he should be a, a, you know, 40 home run, 100 RBI guy if he's healthy for the year and he's got a gold glove out in right field. Of course, the rumor they're talking about, and I hadn't mentioned this to you in the notes, but, you know, I've heard rumor that Gallo may not be a Ranger in the near future. I, I think... I don't know what I think about that, but of course his agent is Scott Boris and he likes to test free agency. So ought to be interesting to see what happens the rest of this off season with Joey Gallo. Yeah. Uh, Scott Boris, you know, <laughs> that's the, the, the evil guy there. When you talk about <laughs> baseball and agent stuff, that's the, that's the, that's the guy whose name you don't want to hear attached to a player's name. If you're a fan of the team or a general manager, because he's going to go try to get every, every bottom dollar. For that player, but he was also Elvis Andrews's. There is Elvis Andrews's agent, and Elvis ended up signing a long-term contract. But it just seems like the Rangers don't have Gallo a part of their long-term plans. And I was actually kicking this around with myself the other day, just thinking about you know kind of the next few years, and you, and, and Chris Young coming in and being a first-time general manager. Maybe this is already his mark to share a moment. Maybe. Um, I was I was thinking, you know, Gallo if he goes out there stays healthy and I think the two hundred strikeout thing is just a it's just thing that's gonna be happening then. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. I think I think two hundred Ks a year is just that's that's just gonna be who Gallo is, uh, kind of an Adam Dunn all or nothing type of guy, but uh forty home runs to fifty. He can hit fifty for sure. Um Yeah. So but I you know, you, you, you pay you, you trade him off while he's still got a couple of years of arbitration availability so a team has control of him for the next, uh, well, after this year, two years, um, that might be a Mark the Share type moment. If you're not, I don't think you're going to get the value, right? Obviously, not right now that the Share brought in because the Share was proven. Um, excellent first baseman, could hit for, uh, for power, for batting average, and, and all that good stuff. And Gallo's not that, so the Hall won't be near, you know, Elvis Andrews, Matt Harrison, and Neftali Feliz type. And Jared Sultan Lamaki was actually the key. To that yeah. trade was coming back to the Rangers. He was the big name coming back, and that ended up not panning out. But um, I was just thinking maybe the Rangers can 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 Chris Young can pull that pull a trade off for Gallo and, and get a two three prospects that can maybe have an influence here in the next three four years as we've talked about. I I don't know. I've just been thinking too much about it. Maybe. Yeah. Well, maybe so, and I have too because I mean, first of all, I'd love to keep Gallo, but if we don't, then. I think we need to get a nice haul, and like you said, I don't, I don't know if anyone will ever get the haul that that uh, John Daniels got for for Mark Teixeira again. <laughs> yeah, I remember at the time thinking, how many players did he get back? And then, of course, almost every one of them, except for the key guy, you know, wound up being a big part of the the World Series teams. So that was, and that's one of the reasons I think Daniels has kept his job for so long is because. Um, you know, I mean, he always goes back to it's kind of like uh, kind of like the guy that maybe, you know, if uh, if something bad happens and the guy saves everybody, you know, he's the guy that even two years later, he stinks at his job. But he can say, hey, remember when I saved you guys, John? Yeah. Daniels can go back and say, hey, remember when I put together that World Series team? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't forget about that one. And the Cliff Lee trade in, in, in uh, 2010 as well, making that deal. Yep. Uh to to push him forward and see he yeah he's gonna always have that on his uh on the back burner oh yeah hey remember that um yeah yeah they don't they don't go to the world series in 2010 without cliff lee yeah no they don't and uh but uh, i I hate to be a devil's advocate here but i gotta play it but uh, somebody could also uh, could tell him 
Yeah, we could have actually gotten there a lot quicker had you not sent Adrian Gonzalez. <laughs> yeah, that that and you know, I guess one day we'll go through good nationals for uh, you know, you you, you had a dishwasher, you needed a I don't know, uh, a dryer or washer or something, I don't know. Yeah, one day we'll have to break down his best trades and his worst trades. Oh, I'm going to. Yeah, I already played on writing one about uh-huh. that. But awesome, yeah, that'll it, be fun. Is it? Yeah, just kind of looking back on on his what he did for the Rangers uh, throughout his general managing tenure and and do the good and the bad. Yeah, because there's a little of both. All right, let's move on from the Rangers to Major League Baseball for 2021. Minor League Baseball has already said it's going to start a little later. Do we think MLB will start on time, and do we think they get in a 162 game season this year? That just you just you hope so. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. It just it, it just seems like it's whoever whoever you ask has a different answer. Uh, the owners in in December have asked already to have the season delayed, uh, and I think a, a huge factor is the fans. Uh, they don't. I know they don't want to play another season with no fans. Uh they wanna they wanna yeah. get that figured out and um you know there's 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 spikes happening again in certain areas of the country and it's gonna be a difficult a difficult road to hoe but um I I wanna say yes because I haven't heard the contrary because, you know and they brought this up in December, the owners and there hasn't been a whole lot of movement, just a bunch of talk and it just depends on who you ask. And I, I think it will. I, I think it will, and I'm, I'm just going to be uh, the glass is half full type guy. I, I'm going to say after what they endured last season and, and the train wreck that was that that baseball season, I think they, I think it will. I think they will do what it takes to make it happen and safely for everybody. Yeah, I like that optimism. But you look at the NFL, of course, Super Bowl's coming up in a couple of weeks. Um, they made it through a full season. You look at hockey that made it through their playoffs. You look at, you know, basketball that made it through and they've started back up again. I think at this point, I agree with you. And you, and you remember how ugly it got between the Players Association and MLB last year during the. Uh, yeah, that was something that was really hard to watch going through the public. But since you haven't heard that this year and spring training is, what, a couple of weeks away, it sounds like, you know, without all that arguing going on, either they've gotten better at hiding it or it looks like the season's going to go on as scheduled. I would agree with you on that one. That's why my optimism is, is, is a little bit higher because we haven't heard anything and, and, and nothing's – that's why we're still ta- we're still asking the question, even though the owner said they wanted to delay in December. It's kind of amazing that here, you know, a month later, almost around about a month later since they asked for that, that we still don't know. So I think that that's that's just a a, a good sign. And like you said, all the other sports have kind of been able to move on. Football, the NFL was gonna. It's just a it's a greased engine that's not gonna stop. So I wasn't surprised to see it go through uh, i think the world would have lost its uh lost its mind if we had no nfl football college tried to stop and uh, that didn't happen so uh you know i just yeah i, I my optimism is high and, and, and for that for that reason as well not only that uh, you know last year was just so bad that they want to try to get things as back to normal as possible this year but because we haven't we haven't really heard and, and we're still talking about it yeah, exactly. But hopefully it goes off as planned. All right, let's move on. We've been doing a Rangers bracket 
through polls on the website, and I've made it now through round one. Um, kind of. There's still a few days left to vote on the eight nine matchups, but everything else has been decided. But most of them are so far ahead. Unless we get a whole lot of people voting for the other guy, I'm pretty sure it's going to stick the way it was. The first big surprise, not really surprise to me, was that uh, Mitch Moreland at thirteen or at the twelve seed knocked out Alex Rodriguez, who was a, a four seed. Yeah, um, I, man, I I love the uh, the true faithfulness of the fans there, but <laughs> um, uh, you, you, this is a again, this is a these are these are polls. This is a bracket based off of the the production and the, the, who the players were as players, and and there's a lot that can be said about Alex Rodriguez, but I, and Mitch Moreland, man, I loved him. I mean, he's the first baseman of those two World Series runs, so yep. And and he was the third first baseman on the Rangers in everybody else's minds. Actually, you had Justin Smoke and Chris Davis in front of him that everybody was was thinking would uh, play first base for the Rangers for the for the future, and it was Mitch Moreland. So all credit to him, and I mean everybody loved Mitch, but I yeah I got to go with that A Rod there. And even though he played on some pretty bad teams, he was pretty spectacular. And uh yeah, the reason I mean the reason he was seated so high is he was he was a phenomenal Texas Ranger player. No one liked him as a person, but he really was a great Ranger player. Yeah, and then you had the steroid thing come out later on, you know, yep. and um Yeah, just I, I get it. I, I totally get it. I, I actually appreciate the, the 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 true faithful fandom there. Um because if if you're just going based off fan Fan favorite, I'm definitely Mitch Moreland. I'm taking, but I I, I got to disagree with the fans on that one. But I totally get it. I I I, I like it. I like it. But you got to take a rock. Oh yeah, there's a couple more that uh, not exactly surprised me. But what we were just talking about the same kind of uh, same kind of fan thing going on. Mike Napoli knocked out you Darvish. Napoli was an 11 seed. Darvish was a six seed. Again, Napoli was probably in 2011 the most popular Ranger on the planet. I think he's still. Yeah, I, I think you're right. <laughs> oh, did the, did, the, did the fans love Napoli and, and the, the Napoli chant in the playoffs when he was coming up to bat and that big uh, ended up being the game-winning uh, extra base hit that he had in the World Series going at, going back to that faithful – or going into that faithful Game 6 in St. Louis. It was Game yeah. 5, that, that bases clearing uh, double in the, I want to say, the seventh or eighth inning to uh, give the Rangers a lead and that ultimately win and take a 3-2 lead in that World Series. Man, Napoli was awesome. Yep. Um, uh, and, uh, yeah, I can't it, – it's just – it's crazy how, how popular players get and how the spotlight can change the popularity of that. And um, and with the, the national spotlight on Napoli and, and him just coming over that offseason uh, and just completely making a name – a name for himself, really. He was a he was a catcher that kind of flared out with with the Anaheim Angels. Yep, um, and, and kind of bounced around a little bit, and then um, uh, yeah, I, I I'm not surprised. Um, yeah, I mean, I wasn't surprised. I think it's pretty awesome. Darvish was also a great pitcher for the Rangers, but he never performed in the postseason. He never came through. And Napoli in 2011 was just a beast in the postseason. So not surprised at all that Napoli knocked out uh, out Darvish there. And then another one to me, which I'm not surprised by, is Dean Palmer, number seven, against David Murphy, number 10. Murph, another huge fan fra- favorite, and he knocked off Dean Palmer pretty easily, which Palmer was also a great player. But, man, again, you just – 
you add in those guys from World Series teams, and that's what people are going to remember the most. Yeah, and if it, you kind of think about those Rangers teams, the 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, you know, the, all those. David Murphy's kind of – he's the most under the radar, I think. Yeah. He was just so quiet and just went out there and was so good. He was healthy. I mean, he, he was he did everything. He just didn't do anything great. You know, he's kind of a jack-of-all-trades. Uh, really solid defender, good speed, uh, could hit for power, um, you know, and, and real quiet, soft-spoken guy. Uh, and yeah, he was a, he was a key he was a good key part to that that Ranger team. And he was just one of those guys. And it tells you how stacked that lineup was. You get to David Murphy, and you're thinking you're taking a break. Yeah, now, that, that wasn't the case. And you know, he was kind of a he kind of helped Josh Hamilton fit in. They were trying to. The Rangers were trying to keep Josh Hamilton in left field to, to, to kind of save his body, but, you know, Hamilton obviously was much better fit in center field and having a yeah. guy like David Murphy to put in left field, boy, that certainly helped. And, uh, you know, Dino had some great years for the Rangers. and um, But in that 30, uh, let's see, I'm sorry, uh, 1996, the Rangers' first ever World Series appearance, or not World Series, playoff appearance, 1996, uh they lost three to one uh, in the wild card round to the uh, to the Yankees, but Palmer or Palmer hit uh, thirty six home runs or thirty eight home runs that year. Yeah, so uh, he was a big big part um, getting his bat back because the year before he was injured and uh, he came back and, and tore the cover off the ball. That was a, also extremely stout lineup. Uh, do you think if they had some pitching, some better pitching, better pitching staff, better bullpen uh, during those? those first couple of playoff appearances in the mid-90s, they might have been able to go a little farther with the lineup that they had. And Palmer was definitely yep. a, a good key. Now, one that kind of kind of made me laugh, and I kind of saw it coming, um, people did not judge one player on just his playing time as number 12 Mark McLemore knocked out, knocked out number 5 John Wetland. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll admit, I voted for McLemore. Uh, you know, he's the doctor of the defense, you know? Yep. He's the doctor of the defense. And yeah, Mackey, another key part, a guy you forget about in those yep. those those first uh, few playoff appearances of the Rangers in the 90s. That, uh, played second base, played some left field, too. Um, when he came over from Baltimore, he he was playing right field there pretty regularly for them. And, um, yeah, he was, a, he, was a, he was a very versatile player, good speed, and uh, clubhouse leader, uh, just – it was a, he fit in perfectly with the Rangers, and um, I could see with the with the the legal trouble now hitting Wetland. It, yeah, um, I mean it's hard to vote for a guy that did what he did, you know, yeah, for, for anything. <laughs> yeah, and we're, yeah, we we don't have to get into get into that. I'm, I'm sure those listening and those that voted obviously know exactly what yeah. we're talking about, but um, maybe. Uh, but, but there's no harm in, in voting for Mac either, though. No, I agree. Just, I mean, based off what he, what he represented for the Rangers. And here's the deal. And here's the deal. I'll be, honest, deal. With, I'll my be honest with my seating. I started this, I started before, this the before the 2020 season. And I wound and up taking, I wound you know, up taking, uh, you know incredibly, uh, long incredibly long time. Like, like, I left people I left off people that, you know, that, you know, like, for example, like, for Darren, example O'Day, Darren O'Day, a great reliever, a great during, reliever the during the World Series years. Oh, yeah. I just couldn't find I just a spot couldn't find for him, for him with, with, with all this because you, know, you know the way I seated it was, it was, it was, it was before the mid nineties on one side and after the mid nineties on the other side and there's only so many people you know after the mid nineties you can fit on there and so you know I had trouble some people left off but like probably deserves to be higher than number twelve but I just couldn't find a way to fit him up there to fit him up there so I'm glad he advanced so I'm glad he advanced 
Yeah. Yeah, and we'll see where he goes in the next round. He's got Hamilton He's got in the Hamilton next round, so that's going to be tough. That's going to be tough. <laughs> oh, well, well, there's another thing where people might vote character on that that's one. That's what I'm saying. It'd be kind of funny if, if Mac takes out two character guys in a row. <laughs> you know, quote-unquote. But that's one thing Mac can always say is he, he helped, you know, he helped put the Rangers on the map with those uh, being a, a very big part of those those first few playoff appearances for the Rangers. So, you know, there's there's some there's some clout behind Mac. Yeah. All right, well let's let's look at uh, the round of 32. Some key matchups I think that are going to be. Now the first round was pretty for me overall pretty easy to vote on. Second round we've got some tough ones. I'm going to start with a 5-12, and that is Kinsler versus Moreland. To me, that's I think Kinsler's going to win out, but man, people did love Moreland, and Kinsler did not leave well. No, he did not, and um, especially uh, you remember the first home run that he hit against the Rangers in the ninth. Oh yeah, the first base that irked people. Um, but I hope you know the the, the voters. I, I'm going to have to go with Kins on this one. Um, you know, he's he's the reason John Daniels is willing to pull the trigger on kind of. I mean, what was a lackluster trade uh, in the end, but it didn't sound very sexy at the time trading Soriano to the uh, Washington Nationals for Brad Wilkerson and Tramel Sledge, if you remember oh, those yeah. names. I do. And, uh, yeah. So the reason he was willing to do that was because he had Ian Kinsler coming up, and Kinsler did not disappoint as far as performance. And No. I mean, he did for the cycle uh, in the Ranger uniform, a uh, very, very big part of the change of, change of the game bat. Um, he could hit, you know, what, he 30 home runs a couple times. Um, and coming from the second baseman, I mean, that's that's above average, well above yep. average. Um, and defense, yeah, he was spotty here and there, but he could he was very athletic, um, could run the bases really well. And, yeah, you liked him because he was – I liked him because he was feisty. You yeah. Know, he was a feisty ball player. And you, he's just one of those guys that you love him when he's on your team and you can't stand him when he's not on your team. So, um yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to take Kins, and I think I stated my case for Moreland earlier. I, you know, obviously everybody loved him, and you know, very very underrated uh, ball player pretty much throughout his career. Uh, so, but I yeah, and to me, there's two the two toughest ones for me in this round are going to be Elvis Andrews versus Will Clark, and Kenny Rogers versus Mike Napoli. Oh man, talk about that- personality. Those two to me, like looking down my list, those two to me, there's some that also Franco, Julio Franco and Jim Sundberg will be another tough one. But man, to to me, Andrews and Clark is probably going to be my hardest decision. That's going to be very, very difficult because, again, you have Will Clark, a part of those 90s teams, uh, playing first base was very, very good. Um, and Elvis, you know, he, could, he's, he was a spark plug for the Rangers yeah. on those teams. You know, he, he just a silly, pretty much a silly kid playing baseball and could and could do special things to, you know, get a double or triple or steal a base or two and and get the crowd into it and then just get the juices flowing. Um, golly, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I'm gonna wait and see what the votes are on that one and 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 we'll, I'll have to think about that one. That one's really tough. Like. Yeah, that one's going to be tough. And you know, I think that's what the fun of this is. You know, obviously, I think the number one seed you got Pudge. 
Ryan, Young, and Beltre are all going to move on. But when you get down to the, the the fives, the sixes, the sevens, the eights, you know, that's where it starts getting really tough because these guys were both. And again, it's great that you have some of these guys that were good in the 90s and good in the 2010s. It just makes a really tough decision. But man, it's a lot of fun to talk about. Oh, it's a whole lot of fun. You can you can flip-flop the, you know, how would have, you know, flip, put Mitch Moreland on the Rangers in the 90s and put Will Clark on the Rangers in 2010 <laughs> and 11. You know, it's, it's fun to think about. Oh, yeah. You get to compare them. You really do. You get to compare those players uh, when we do something like this, and that's what's making it fun. And I hope, uh, hope the listeners are, are getting a joy out of it, getting a kick out of it and enjoying it, and we'll, uh, we'll vote more. Uh, Give us give us some more numbers there because we want to hear your your opinions and um, that's that's what we're basing. This. Yep. All right. So coming up, those will be coming out starting later this week. I'm going to give a few more days for the eight nine from the first round to make sure nothing changes, and then we'll start the uh, second round. And uh, please come vote on it. Uh, you can go to therangerreport.com to vote on it. Uh, it's also on our Facebook page and on our Twitter account. And then there's a group on Facebook if you don't follow them called uh, I think it's called Texas Rangers Fans. There's about twenty thousand people on it, and I've been posting each one on there every day. So you know, every, anywhere you want to go find it, or if you can't find it, just send us a tweet and we'll get it to you because it's a lot of fun to vote on and, and we're doing it, you know, to give us something entertaining to do during the off season. So get out there, vote and pick who you think is going to be the, uh, the best Ranger of all time. Absolutely. And coming up this week, I'll have a couple stories on rangerreport.com. And my next one, in fact, will be about that John Daniels, uh, the tenure that he had as a general manager for the Rangers, the good, the bad, the ugly, and the, the uh, the really good, which obviously two uh, World Series appearances. So yeah, I'm gonna give uh, probably probably five good and five bad uh, acquisitions and trades, and go from there and see what y'all think about it. Maybe maybe put a poll up on there. I think you should do that. All right, guys, thank you very much for listening tonight. Don't forget, next show we will have uh, Frisco Rough Riders president and general manager Victor Rojas on the show, so we'll probably focus a little more on the minor leagues next week when we do our show. Uh, CJ, as always, thank you. Thank you, Ben. And I will see you next week, buddy. Audio. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Ranger Report podcast. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, and at therangerreport.com.